0: What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to Off The Chain, simply the best podcast in crypto. Let's kick this thing off. Polina Marinova is the founder of The Profile, a weekly newsletter featuring the best long-form profiles of the world's most successful people and companies. She previously worked at Fortune, where she wrote the popular term sheet on a daily basis. Luckily for me, Polina is also my fiance. In this conversation, we discuss growing up in Bulgaria, moving to the United States, leading a mass walkout in college, her five years at Fortune magazine, and making the jump into entrepreneurship during a global pandemic. I also share a collection of funny and embarrassing stories, along with generally giving our hard time throughout the interview. We had a blast recording this one, and I hope that you guys enjoy it. Before we get into the episode, though, I want to talk about the three sponsors. The first, Crypto.com. They're an all-in-one platform that allows you to buy, sell, store, earn, loan, and invest crypto all from one place. You can join over 1 million users on their mobile app, Crypto.com app. Go ahead to the App Store, download it, and you can earn $50 U.S. Dollars with my code POMP2020 or use the link in the description. Their mobile payments are now available through a debit card in the United States where you can pay in a fast, easy, and secure way with Apple, Google, or Samsung Pay. It'll work with most of the devices used every day, and card details are never stored on your device. So go check out Crypto.com. Again, Crypto.com, the place where people buy, sell, store, earn, loan, and invest crypto all from one place. Our second sponsor is TaxBit. TaxBit simply makes paying your crypto taxes easier. That's right. TaxBit automates your cryptocurrency taxes, enabling you to effortlessly track, calculate, and report your transactions. You can easily connect your exchanges to securely sync your transactions and run them through TaxBit's tax engine. You can generate your completed tax forms with a single click. Founded by tax attorneys and CPAs, TaxBit is the most trusted cryptocurrency tax solution. Get 10% off your tax plan today with a free trial by going to taxbit.com slash invite slash pomp. Again, taxbit.com slash invite slash pomp. They've got live support with experts whenever you need them. Those experts are on hand who have experience facilitating thousands of crypto tax filings and IRS crypto tax audits. taxbit.com slash invite slash pomp. Our third sponsor is Ledger. They've got tons of great custody solutions for your crypto. They've pre-recorded an advertisement that I'll play now, and then we'll get into the episode with Polina. I hope you guys enjoy it. Digital assets custody can be quite difficult to secure and hard to scale. Firms are often left with a difficult decision, having to choose between security or liquidity. At Ledger, we're obsessed that our clients' businesses succeed. That is why we decided to create a digital asset platform that would enable financial institutions and crypto firms to manage their funds without compromising on security and liquidity. Firms like Uphold, Bitstamp, Crypto.com, Indax, and Dunamu are already using Ledger Vault to operate their business at scale while maintaining the highest standards of security to protect their clients' funds. Visit ledger.com vault to learn more. Control, scalability, agility, because security is not enough. Anthony Pompliano is a partner at Morgan Creek Digital. of being blessed by uh, Miss Polina Marinova, my fiance, the founder of The Profile, and a bunch of other amazing, cool things. Thanks for doing this.
1: Thank you for having me. I can't believe I'm doing this, but here I am.
0: She's been ecstatic that she now has the chance to come on here, answer some questions. I'm going to interview her, and then she is likely to bust my balls and give me a hard time. So let's get started. You're not from the United States.
1: (laughs) Did you just figure that out?
0: Tell us your story.
1: Um, So I was born in Bulgaria, and my dad won a green card. Actually, my mom won a green card. My dad filed in 1999. So we moved to the United States when I was eight or nine years old.
0: Where's Bulgaria? A lot of people don't know where that is.
1: It's right above, it borders Greece and Turkey and Romania.
0: Okay. Let's talk about the citizenship application process. I know the story, obviously, of how uh, your dad won it. And I'll just summarize it with, he basically looked around the room and said, who's every single person I could file for uh, citizenship to win this green card? Because it's a lottery and kind of the more shots on goal you get, the higher your chances. Um, Your mom won it. But then there's a whole process that goes into it. Maybe talk a little bit about just like how that actually works.
1: Yeah, it's super interesting because I think uh, this visa is not uh, the common ones that people come on. It's technically uh, considered the diversity lottery visa program. I can't remember which president started it, but essentially they started it um, in hopes of attracting people from different countries and having them immigrate in a legal way. But the reason it's a lottery and not, you know, uh, merit-based is because a lot of these countries uh, there's a ton of corruption. So even if you are like, okay, let's have you take a test and then you can come. A lot of times it's like the corrupt politicians' kids who are going to take the test because you know it'll it just doesn't work. Um, This lottery is awesome because like anybody can apply, and if you get it, you still have to prove a lot of stuff. You have to. graduated from high school um they look at they do a background check um i think you have had to work for several years all that stuff that uh, they look for and then it takes the whole process takes about a year you go to the u.s embassy you have to interview with them and then they ask you questions like you know what are you going to do there do you have family uh that you can stay with um so that you can prove you're not going to come to the us and be homeless Um, and you know, could those people greet you at the airport, provide a place to live and help you find a job? Um, so yeah, my family didn't know anybody in the United States, but, um, I think my grandfather knew some people who were here and happy to, to greet us.
0: Got it. And so, um, it's obviously a really, uh, complex and hard process to navigate, um, but once you get to the United States, you're eight nine years old like what is that like? I barely speak English, let alone having come here and didn't speak English like like how do you navigate that?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a weird time, mainly because I got pulled out of second grade of Bulgaria, and um I came to Atlanta and did not speak any English, but you're a kid, so i so we moved here in April um So I spent the summer kind of like watching TV and trying to understand English before school. And I started school in August, Um, but for some unknown reason, they put me in fourth grade here. And I the, the biggest I didn't speak any English, but the biggest advantage I had was that in Bulgaria in second grade, we were solving for X in math. And I was terrible in math there. But here, people thought I was a genius. So, like, I walk into fourth grade and they're like, okay, guys, like, we're going to solve four plus seven. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a dream. So I was, you know, amazing at math, really struggled with English and reading. But um, I was in that ESOL class, the English is a Second Language. ESL? I I don't know. Mine had an O. OSL? ESOL. I don't know. So then um my teacher there Miss Ann Jackson I will never forget her she kind of saw potential in me she saw you know I was curious I liked books but I couldn't really <laughs> understand them so she would um start with like the baby books like the really small basic books make me go home with them and then tell me like go home use the dictionary uh and translate the words until you understand so that's what I did and then um, like the level of book escalated from there. And I loved it.
0: All right. So you're doing that. Um, and that's kind of like the academic side. What, what was like the social side? I I feel like, um, most kids have like either really good experiences, really bad experiences. Um, and you get all the clicks and everything in like high school and all of that. What's that like coming from another country?
1: I mean, so yeah, like in high school, you get the clicks, but elementary school, like kids are brutal. They do not care because they have no social filter. They don't think like, oh, I might hurt their feelings.
0: Yeah, I was a savage in elementary
1: I, I, school. I, I, I have a feeling we wouldn't have been friends. But um, so, of course, like, and I totally get it now, but like moving from a different country uh. In fourth grade, of course, you're like the weird kid that's going to get picked on that doesn't speak English like it's it's just terrible. And um, so I didn't really have many friends. There was a girl in my class who was also from Bulgaria. <laughs> so I had her. Um, but Did you guys
0: speak Bulgarian?
1: Yes. And I actually got in trouble in Spanish class for speaking Bulgarian and not English and not Spanish. So, oh, yeah, that's
0: a lot of languages going on. <laughs> All right. So you do all of this. At what point do you realize uh, that you want to go to the University of Georgia and eventually become a journalist?
1: Yeah. So it's really funny when I was little, um, my family was like religious about watching the news. And I was really chatty, as you can imagine.
0: Still are. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> and so they, uh, they were always like, oh, my God, like, please stop talking so I can watch the news. And I hated the news. I like I knew when that thing came on, I couldn't speak. So it was just like a horrible time for me. Um, but then, um, I went to high school and, um, I was pretty shy. Like I didn't, I, I didn't like talking to new people or strangers for no reason. Like there was, I was like, why would I ever do that? Like I have my friends, I I don't need to embarrass myself and talk to other people. So I was pretty shy. And then, um, one of my friends joined the school newspaper and I was like, Oh, cool. Like that's an elective. That's not, you know, PE or like music. So I joined it too. And I, I really liked writing. Like I've always liked writing. Um, I didn't like talking to people, but the newspaper actually gave me an excuse in a weird way to talk to strangers because I was, I had a job to do. So it kind of uh, it was really interesting. Like I got to talk to all sorts of people and like interview the principal. You know how big of a deal that is in high school?
0: I was not trying to talk to the principal.
1: <laughs> you talked to them for other reasons.
0: They wanted to talk to me, but I was, you know.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, so it was I, I had the best time. So I I loved writing articles. I liked interviewing people, I liked writing, and from there I just went like all in uh, to the journalism path. And it's I don't know if like I was actually in the science program in high school because I was a nerd. Um, both of my parents were chemical engineers, so I was like, I, I love chemistry. Uh, but then I found that I actually liked writing those 15-page lab reports much more than doing the experiment. And I still remember, like, my friends would be like, oh, Paulina's in our group. Like, she'll blow up the whole thing. So I just wrote the lab.
0: So you mentioned that you didn't take the electives like PE and that type of stuff. Were you athletic?
1: Um, I was athletic at chess.
0: <laughs> all right, we'll come back to this no, story. No, I played second.
1: soccer.
0: It, well, depends on who you're asking. But yeah, <laughs> sure. We'll come back to this part of the story. Um, all right. So you decide that hey, I really like journalism. Uh, you go to the University yep. of Georgia. What was that like?
1: Um, it was great. I really didn't want to go there because I just thought it would be high school all over again, same people, same whatever. But when there's thirty-five thousand people on campus, you find that. Uh, there's new groups and new people. Um, UGA had one of the best journalism programs in the country, so you have to apply to get in. I got in. I also worked at the school newspaper and started working there as a freshman and worked my way up uh, to editor-in-chief when I was a senior.
0: For those of us that don't understand the newspaper, editor-in-chief's like the boss?
1: It's like the boss. They have like an office.
0: Oh, really? Uh, that, that's not popular today in offices, but I get we're remoting now. It's quarantine time. You just use Zoom. It's perfect. Look at our office now. Um, all right. So speaking of the school newspaper, uh, you made national headlines in college for uh, basically being a gangster and leading a walkout. Tell us about this.
1: Um,
0: I know all the secrets. so I get asked all the questions.
1: Yeah. And it's so funny that it was like me, right? Because, you know, me like I'm not very rebellious or looking for trouble (laughs) Uh, but basically what happened was um, the student newspaper is independent it has a board of directors so it's in no way affiliated school or anything like that we have our own uh advertising reps we have people advertise that's how it makes money so at the time this is 2012 um i had
0: you were still in school in 2012
1: i was a senior
0: Jeez!
1: wait what do you mean oh yeah because you're you're
0: you're like a child go ahead
1: (laughs) so fall of 2012 I'm like a senior I'm ready to go I finally like editor-in-chief like my dream all this all my life and suddenly this rogue board member from the board of uh, directors comes into the newsroom and says you know what we're losing a ton of money you guys don't know what you're doing we're just gonna basically take away student independence and have a, a professional run this. And that's it. And I was just like, yeah, that's not going to happen because you, um, the student newspaper has been independent since I think the seventies for a very, very long time.
0: What, what does that mean? Independent?
1: Like it's not reliant on it, it, It's its own business. It's not reliant on the university. Anymore. Okay. So, and, and students have always had the final say. So no matter what, like the reason it was cool to be editor of the school paper is because if somebody made a mistake, you're responsible for it. Like I would be on the phone all the time with people who are upset about something in an article and would have to defend why we did it or whatever. And then maybe have a serious conversation with the reporter afterwards. But you were kind of the face of this institution.
0: Uh, by the way, I'm laughing because you think that that's cool. <laughs> and that sounds like a nightmare to me. That... Well,
1: yeah, but it's like you learn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I got you.
0: I can see why it would be cool to somebody who likes
1: it. <laughs> it was an amazing uh, learning experience. And then suddenly, like I'm in the situation where I have to make an ethical decision of uh, well, what do I do? Like, do I keep, um, do I stay editor and let this happen or do I not? So basically, um, I called the staff meeting. I told my staff like, hey, I'm just going to step down as editor-in-chief because of this. This this is like the second week of school um, because I just can't be here when this happens. And I just will not allow somebody to take the editorial independence away from the students. So I said, I'm stepping down. And it was like in a movie, like, you know, when it it was so cool. Um, because these were my friends and because we had worked together for four years, everybody was like, well, I'm going to leave too. And I'm going to leave too. So it was just like, everybody walked out, got in our cars and left and went into this like super hot apartment. It was mid August. Um, no AC. And we just sat there and we're like, what are we going to do now? And we definitely didn't think it would be a big story, but that's right when Twitter was kind of, um, starting to be big. And, uh, it went viral on Twitter first, and it got picked up, picked up, picked up, and then over the course of that day plus the next day, it was in CNN, USA Today, like all the major news publications. Long story short, um, there was a lot of support for the students. There were also, of course, the people who were like, <laughs> "You spoiled brats!" Like every time you don't like what's going on at a job, you can not just like get up and leave, which I agree with. But I hope that if I'm ever in a situation and uh, there's an ethical dilemma. I will always do what's right, um, and that's what I felt like we did. So then, yeah. So long story short, we met with the board of directors. Um, the students talked to them, and we came to a resolution. And the paper is still independent today.
0: All right, good job. <laughs> so, how do you get from Georgia to Fortune Magazine, where you worked for five years?
1: Yeah. So I graduated in 2013 no full-time offers. Um, I was freelancing for CNN and USA Today uh, during the day. So I would work at CNN from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., drive home, and then from 6 to 11, work at USA Today remotely. Um, I did that for about a year, saved a lot of money, and really just wanted to get to New York. I I didn't know how. I didn't know what I'd be doing, but I just wanted to get here.
0: Why? Why? Yeah, like why did you want to come to New York?
1: Because I there's a lot
0: like, of people who think that's crazy,
1: yeah, yeah. But <laughs> to me, it's like I felt like, um, in a weird way, like Atlanta was like too small for what I wanted to do. At least I thought at 21 years old, um, I was like, New York is where media is and like dreams are. <laughs> so that was that's where that's where
0: pomp is too, you know. All right, go ahead, we're
1: even here. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I I did I interviewed at a ridiculous number <laughs> of places, including. Um, a newsletter startup that where I didn't get the job because they said um, I didn't have enough experience with newsletters, which is really funny now. Um, but then I, I got a job at Aussie, which is um, it was a media startup. It still is. Uh, and I moved to New York in 2014, spent six months at the startup and then got a job as the social media editor at Fortune magazine.
0: All right. I'm gonna give you a bunch of shit. This is not one of the things I'm gonna give you shit about. You went from the social media editor at Fortune Magazine to writing term sheet, which is probably the most popular widely read thing in tech, finance, business, private equity, kind of, but those guys are weird. Um, What, like, How does that happen? How do you do that in a span of three or four years?
1: Yeah, so uh, like I wrote, uh, recently. When I started at Fortune, <laughs> I didn't know what a term sheet was. Um, I was subscribed to Term Sheet, the newsletter, uh, but I didn't understand a single word. I had no idea what venture capital was, why people were giving these startups
0: money. Most venture capitalists don't know either. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs>
1: well, uh, I didn't know anything, but I thought it was like interesting and I thought it was something I should learn about. So my goal was by the end of the year, I kept reading it every day um and by the end of the year my goal is to understand like 10 percent of what was said in it after a while you start like understanding like oh like facebook bought this little startup and like why and that's interesting um but i i genuinely had no idea
0: what were some of the weirdest things that you remember reading that you didn't understand like i know one time you told me dry powder
1: yeah i was like what the hell is dry powder
0: yeah Right? Unspent money. There's a lot of people who wish they had dry. But like, why right
1: wouldn't now? you just say unspent or money that's not deployed or
0: well it's because you gotta sound cool.
1: Dry <laughs> <laughs> it does sound all right. So yeah, so anyway, so I do that. And then um we start a new section called Fortune Venture, which is uh focused on small businesses, first-time entrepreneurs, uh kind of learning about the business side of things if you wanna start a business. Um, I did that for about a year and then, um, and then Dan Premack had left, uh, fortune to go, uh, he, he had just left fortune to go do a rata Axios and term sheet, um, was being authored by Aaron Griffith. So, um, I started helping Aaron compile the term, uh, the deal section, which wasn't that hard, right? Like it's pretty formulaic. You see a press release of this company bought this company and uh, you put it in like a formula,
0: publish it. Don't tell people the secrets. Everyone thinks it's really hard.
1: Yeah. Well, it takes a lot takes of time. It takes a lot of time.
0: All right. So at what point do you go from doing the deals to actually writing term sheet?
1: So then Aaron leaves and um, there was a question who the hell is going to write term sheet. And I definitely, it was not on my radar. I never thought I'd do that thing that I, never previously understood. Um, so in my head, I was like, absolutely not. I could never do this. And then when they asked me if I wanted to do it, I was like, yes, absolutely.
0: How scared were you?
1: I mean, you were here, you know, how scared I was, how scared I was. I like...
0: know you were, I've never seen you so scared of anything in your life. And I was like, all you have to do is write, Like you've been doing this your whole life.
1: Yeah. It's like, and, and this is the thing about writing something you're not confident writing is like, i over prepare when i'm insecure about something i like make sure i research it over research it over prepare interview or talk to a bunch of people so i would literally in the those first few days i would wake up at 4 30 a.m then yell at him because i was like what the hell am i right about today i suck this is horrible what am i doing and then we would have like the whole like calm down like it's gonna be okay and then
0: therapist right here <laughs>
1: And then I would, um, like, once I calmed myself, I would start calling people and trying to figure out, you know, what was going on in the news and what I wanted to add to it. All
0: right. So while all this is going on, we'll come back to term sheet in a second. You met the love of your life, me. <laughs> tell this story.
1: <laughs> Why are you going to be weird about? <laughs> um,
0: I got a lot. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of stories to tell, but go ahead. You tell whatever you want to tell. I won't embarrass you. So
1: you won't interrupt?
0: Nah. We're
1: because he has some fake news with his story. So this is why I want to tell it first. Um, So, okay, so this is 2016. I'm just living my life, being a great reporter. And uh, she
0: stalked me on the internet. That's what happened.
1: (laughs) What did I just say about interrupting? Okay, we're having a big discussion about interrupting and mansplaining in this household. So we'll (laughs)
0: let's go. (laughs) Um,
1: Okay, so so twenty sixteen I'm living my life, and I used to have this Facebook show that I did for a fortune called Founder Friday, and I would interview a founder every Friday on facebook live um uh so then I would share the videos on my Facebook page, I guess mm-hmm. um
0: and and people that we know would share them on their Facebook exactly pages.
1: so there was like a mutual friend who was on it who shared it, and the people that he knows had liked. I guess, the video. Um, so it was at the time right when Facebook came out with that love feature, like that heart feature. So
0: I was like- Thumbs up, the- thumbs down, yeah. laughing face. So
1: I was like, who the hell is loving this video? Like, that is so weird. One of them was my stepmom, And the second person was- The therapist. Our friend right here. <laughs> like, who the hell is this guy? So I click on his thing and it's like a very nice picture of you and your mom, like-
0: I, was, I mom. was in a tuxedo, actually, in the photo. Uh, my cousin got married in California. So he paid me a lot of money to show up and wear the tux. But go ahead.
1: So lovely, great. I move on with my life. This is this is like September 2016, and then a few months later, I write an article about like the startup and AI and all this stuff.
0: Another friend of mine.
1: How am I supposed to know? Go ahead. And I what I do is, if you guys don't know this trick, it's a great trick if you're a reporter or if you just want to look at. Uh, who shared a link that you like or whatever, you take the link and you put it in the search bar and it shows you every person that's ever shared it and maybe not tagged you. So I do that for all my articles just to see like who's sharing it, who's whatever. And who shared it? Me. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, that's literally the same guy. So then I see in his Twitter bio that says something, something like venture investor, but at the same time,
0: he only has like 700 Follower. bio never said that but go
1: ahead it, it did and it had <laughs> it had something like you you have like 700 followers meanwhile i had thousands and thousands so i was like mm, i mean what's another follow for <laughs> this guy so i just
0: you gave me a pity follow
1: i gave you a pity follow and i liked my article and i retweeted my article so and just so we're nice. clear
0: no, no, just so we're clear i'm taking over now <laughs> If you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, in your notifications, you only have seven hundred followers, you get like no notifications, and then all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh my god, this girl liked, retweeted, and followed me." Her she, she's harassing me on the internet. She's stalking me, and therefore, I messaged you, and I Never, said, "No,
1: no, no, we would translate that into he slid into my Twitter DMs."
0: And what did I say?
1: Um, uh, he was like, Hey, no, that is not true. That is not true. I uh, said,
0: Hey, I saw your article. It was good. I have a whole bunch of companies we've invested it was in. Spectacular. We have a whole bunch of companies that we invested in. You should write about some of those as well or something to that. You effect.
1: didn't tell me to write about. You said I'm an early stage investor. Like maybe we should meet for coffee. I invest in many early stage startups. I was like, yeah, sure.
0: And I sent you a list of the companies.
1: Yes, before and we met, I researched every single one, and you I still have my notes from them. And the ones that have a, that I said would implode have imploded.
0: Yeah, the the ones that uh, if I had just listened to her advice, we probably could have saved a lot of money. <laughs> probably made more money, actually. Um, and so when we met for coffee, uh, you have to tell the story. I'll let you tell the story. Okay, well, but you have to tell.
1: But you have to tell the story.
0: True. The only story I'll ask you to tell, and then we'll move on. So because I can tell that you're embarrassed is you have to tell the story of what happened while we were sitting there and you kept getting up in the middle of our first time that we ever met. And as people know, I am incredibly um, facetious. Uh, I like to joke around. If anything obnoxious or uh, embarrassing happens around me, I let people know. And just keep that in mind as you hear this story and how kind of a person I am.
1: So let me set the scene first of all. It is a cold December day. Um, walking in a blizzard I literally had to stop at a CVS because I was crying from the the like wind she had
0: to fix her makeup because she was coming to meet me that's okay (laughs)
1: that's not true anyway so I get to the coffee shop um I meet him and he's wearing a hat you had on a hoodie um and you had on jeans that were like way too big for you remember because you were really skinny well it was really skinny at. The time.
0: i was skinny at the time but they were normal <laughs> fitting jeans i just lost a lot of weight but go ahead
1: so anyway i meet this guy and i'm like oh my this god guy. um yeah and and then we got coffee and i got a cappuccino and i sat down and it was a super crowded coffee shop so there were like people walking in and out i was like right in there And it was so cold that I had this massive, heavy coat with me, and the stupid little chairs were like way too small and flimsy. So when you put your coat on, if you're not sitting on the chair, (laughs) when you get up, your chair falls. So I heard them say like cappuccino, and I was like, oh, is that mine? So I would get up, and my chair would fall, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine.
0: Happened one time, (laughs) and her cappuccino was not there, so she came back. (laughs) sat down. was like, oh my God, I can't believe my chair fell over. That was embarrassing. Okay. I did not say a word. I didn't say say a a word. word. Kept talking. She thought that she heard a second time (laughs) them call. So she stood up, chair fell over a second time. She realized that's not my cappuccino and my chair fell over, sets it back up, sits back down. I do not say a word. And finally, a third time they actually call her name, as if the first two times weren't a good lesson, she stands up and the chair falls over a third time. And she goes and she gets the the cappuccino and comes back and it took every ounce of self-discipline I have to not say a single word. And she picked up or I think I actually picked up the chair. You sat back down and we continued the conversation as if the chair didn't fall over three times.
1: I don't know what I was would... Yeah. Okay. So that happened
0: all right can you also tell the one story remember when i asked you if you were athletic back in high school i just want you to tell the story of the time that you pulled your muscle in the new york public library
1: okay that literally so ridiculous um
0: this is the only this is the last embarrassing story i'll ask you to tell (laughs) and then we'll move on to important
1: so we went to the new york public library and we're walking around, and I don't know why he loves this story so much, but we're walking and walking up the stairs, and suddenly I pulled a muscle. I don't know. I, I have no idea what happened, but I just like went down, and I was like, oh my God, I think I pulled a muscle. And he just looked at me and he was like, wait, are you serious? And I was like, I'm literally dying.
0: And- like the most nerd thing of all time. Literally walking through the <laughs> library, she pulled a muscle in her hamstring, and like, Not in like a a fashion of like, oh, that kind of hurt. Like, grab your leg. Like, as in like, oh, I just got shot. And she grabbed her leg and literally like threw her purse at me and like hobbled for a second. And I had to look around and I was like, did somebody stab you? What happened?
1: But this is also the story of how you carried my bag all through the I
0: did. Nice guy. Very nice guy. Actually carried your purse. Uh, Did not look like a man purse. Actually looked like I was carrying a female's purse. (laughs) Throughout the uh, New York public library. All right, so let's go back to actual real stories. Now that I've been embarrassing you, um, you're at Fortune. You're doing term sheet, and three years ago you start the profile. Yeah. All right, tell us about the profile.
1: So three years ago, I was like, I want to do something creative for myself that involved really like good long form journalism because at the time a lot of media organizations were kind of aggregating a lot of stories. It, it was it was a lot uh, to read, a lot of crap to read and get through before you could get through, like, the meat and the really good So um, I was like, I'll create this email and I'll compile some of the best profiles because I really love profiles on people and companies that I find across the web, whether that's Fortune, Forbes, uh, GQ, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, all sorts of publications, and um, put them together in one email. And actually, I'm a very Indecisive person, <laughs> so I kept going back and forth. Should I do it? Should I don't? Should I not? And uh, you were like, "Just do it." Like, what's like, what's the big deal? I think I think that's the best thing about you is like you always minimize really serious situations for me. And like, if but I are they something-
0: serious? It's not like you're gonna die. Like, like pretty much my life is evaluated on: am I gonna die, or is there zero chance of dying and doing? 90 well for me probably 85% of the things are in the you're not going to die category. So safer than the other once you get into the you're not going to die category, it's like what's the risk reward? And 95% of those things are like super high reward compared to the risk, so like why not do it?
1: Did that did you did that mentality come from after you went
0: to war? So like, it would be safe answer to say yes, but like, no, that's probably why I ended up in the middle of Iraq at one point was because my entire life, I grew up with four brothers and we were just like, I I think subconsciously, we just would say things like, we're not going to die. So we would go do crazy shit. Like one day I'll bring my brothers on here and we'll do, (laughs) we'll tell the stories of when we were kids and like the things that we did looking back. I have no clue how all five of us are still alive and all five of us still have every arm and leg. No clue. (laughs) But that's basically taking that evaluation of decisions as a child to like now. It's like, okay, you want to start this thing? Like, go do it. Yeah. Stop talking about it.
1: So yeah, so I was talking about it for a really long time. And then finally he was like, why don't you just do it? And I did it and I love it
0: all right, so you started three years ago and you just quit fortune, left, like quit sounds bad, but you you left to go do this full time. Why did you leave? Like there's a reset, like let me play devil's advocate. There's a a recession that's occurring. Uh, You had a great job. Lots of people thought it was an important job. Um, You got to talk to cool people all the time. Um, And then you're like leaving for this thing that nobody knows.
1: Yeah. No, in, in you know this, like, I love...
0: See, um, see how I get to say stuff when we're interviewing that she would get mad at me for otherwise? All right,
1: go ahead. <laughs> what? Uh, and now I have to think about what you said for something to get mad at you about later. Um, but yeah, no, I, I loved Fortune. The best part of it was term sheet and talking to the community of people and getting to interview so many... I mean, I talked to like Melinda Gates. Like, when do you ever get to interview Melinda Gates? So... She's um, a gangster. She is. <laughs> um, but I start, I think it was back in January. I kind of started thinking about like, I had a lot going on at work, um, at, at fortune and I wasn't really dedicating that much time to the profile, not as much as I would have loved to. And I was like, what would, what would it look like if I just did this full time, hundred percent and gave it all my attention um and i started thinking about ideas and like this and that and whatever and i just could not decide like i kept it, it was kind of miserable because like i would wake up and be like oh my god i want to do this and then go to bed and be like no 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 no, I can't, I can't i can't and i kept going back and forth and just like mentally that's really disruptive um so he made me write down like a list of reasons to leave reasons not to um and yeah can we talk about this thing
0: pretty sad. can we talk about this list so finally, for, for everyone that's out there, um, if you have a significant other, if you have a good friend, if you have anyone who, who's going through one of these times where they don't know what to do, uh, it's usually pretty obvious to the other people in their life, like, it was obvious for a while that you should go do this because you really enjoyed doing it. You just were being a scaredy cat. That, that's basically what it was. You were overwhelmed by the illusion of risk, not by the actual risk. You thought it was more risky than it was. and so. I basically made you make the list so that you would stop asking me every five seconds what I thought. And I said, make the list and then we'll talk about it.
1: Yeah. And to your credit, you never said do this or do that or whatever, even though like in those times, I think if you're a person like me, like kind of crave, um, not validation. Yeah. Kind of validation. And like somebody telling you, like, yes, this is the right decision, but like you never said, yes, this is absolutely the right decision or That is the right decision.
0: Because I didn't want to be blamed if you did something and it didn't work. Like, it's not not my choice. It's your choice.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. So you make this list. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, this list was pathetic. (laughs) And pathetic in the sense of the list of why to do it was super long. The list of why not to do it was complete and utter nonsense. It was like, uh, people might not like it if I do this. Uh, it was like
1: letting people down.
0: What else? I get in my own way. It was like, <laughs> it was like legitimate things that are like not trivial uh, concerns. But when you compared them risk to re- uh, reward, the risk was pathetically less than the reward.
1: Right. But you also have to understand, like, this is a place where I spent five years. And I think a lot of my identity was tied up into it. And to suddenly say, no, no, I'm going to do this thing that nobody knows at all and it doesn't even like it's not even like a real organization that's backed by any sort of credibility except myself. Uh you're really counting on people trusting you to do to make it
0: good. Hey, here's a free knowledge bomb for you guys. You never be happier or freer than when your identity is tied to your name. Right. Just be you.
1: Yeah. But so then so then okay so I make this decision and finally i'm like i'm gonna do this full time i'm gonna go for it and <laughs> a few days later um the coronavirus hits and i'm like oh my god there's gonna be a recession there's a virus Whoa.
0: the virus was spreading
1: and, and honestly it was in a weird way It there was so much uncertainty that i think my brain just kind of like freaked out and calmed down because on it, nobody knows what's going to happen. There's so much uncertainty that you can't even plan. So um so I started it at a time where a lot of uncertainty, but at the same time, I think a lot of people want to read good, high-quality content, and they have time for it. So in a weird, twisted way, I'm hoping that that's one positive thing that... All
0: right. And so... What has been the response from people when you've told them that you are going to go do this full time? Because this was one of the biggest things I think we disagreed on that I told you was true and you didn't believe me, but I think now you.
1: Overwhelmingly positive. People are really nice. Like they are really, really kind humans. (laughs) What
0: what did I tell when I told you, if you go to do this, people will help you? What was my logic? And do you agree with it?
1: I think your logic was, if you put something into the world, people will want to support you and help you build it. Um, because you know, that's how people
0: are. And if you you tell, if you tell people your goals, they're more likely to want to help you be successful than they are to judge you for that being your goal.
1: Right. I didn't know that. I did not. I thought people would be judgmental. And the questions I thought I was going to get is why on earth would you ever leave uh, a safe, secure job to do something so crazy.
0: You're more likely to get questions like, why on earth are you hanging out with that guy, oh, than you are I <laughs> about those questions too. <laughs> All right, so uh, how's the profile going so far?
1: It's going great. Uh, in the last, I've been doing it for a week and a half, and that week and a half, I've literally uh, uh, interviewed seven small business owners to ask them about how the coronavirus shutdown is affecting their business. I today I published a Q&A with um, a photographer who went viral during the quarantine for asking a girl out by sending her a drone with his phone number on it uh, but he's also he does a lot of portrait photography so we talked about that and then um, I'm also planning some virtual events for next week and so I'm staying busy.
0: All right uh, so the first day was last Monday working at the profile and for somebody who's in um, and constantly talking to founders and, and investing and, and having built companies before, et cetera, I think one of the things that uh, you forget is the uh, excitement and enthusiasm of starting um, a company and uh, especially for the first time on day one, et cetera. And Elena, uh says to me last Monday, um, she goes, today's my first day at the profile. <laughs> I hope my uh, colleagues like me. <laughs> and, they love and, me, and, and it just cracked me up because it was such a like pure view into <laughs> like the enthusiasm of starting something. Are you still excited?
1: I'm so. excited. I love it. Why? I, I just ah. Oh, there's something about like doing something for other people that gives you joy. Um, I genuinely like am excited to send them the newsletter and I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to learn something today. Cause I learned something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I still love it.
0: All right. And so you've got tens of thousands of people on the free list. You've got, uh, I don't, I don't think I'm allowed to say how many paying, but a, a good amount. I'm pretty impressed actually. Uh, I thought that she was going to do well, but she's doing much better than I even See, expected. This is mans. It's not mansplaining. No, no. It, it's, it's a thing where, uh, whenever you see somebody start something just in your head, you're like, here would be like a conservative outcome. Yeah, here would yeah. be a good outcome. Here would be a great outcome. And the great outcome at this point, like you've surpassed that already. So it's like, I couldn't have even imagined you doing this. One. So it's a compliment, not mansplaining. Uh, I don't even actually know what, what is mansplaining.
1: I think you just mansplaining mansplaining. It's okay. Just, what, just what is on, it? it it's I'll tell you later.
0: <laughs> I feel like that's a woman's planning, but okay. Um and then uh you're also doing the dossiers.
1: Yeah. Explain that. Um and so for the paying uh tier, um I've added a new um section called the profile dossier where we go I do a deep dive on a prominent individual every Wednesday. Um and the way I kind of structure it is I don't think of the person first, I think about an idea that I want to learn about. So last week it was uncertainty. And I was like, the world is so uncertain right now. I want to know how people navigate uh, chaos and how they have confidence in making decisions in times of chaos. So I was like, who's the best person that would embody that? So I immediately thought of Annie Duke, who's a professional poker player. And she talks a lot about decision making when you actually don't have an idea of what the future holds. Um, So coming from that, I did an information binge on her. And compiled the best ideas from her interviews, podcasts, TED Talks, everything she's done into one um, dossier.
0: So I'm biased, obviously. Go sign up to the profile, profile readtheprofile.com, and you get what? When people sign up, if they're on the free list, they get every Sunday uh, a whole list of recommendations. They are very good, in in all honesty, uh, of long form written profiles, Mm -hmm. right? And things like everyone from Kanye West to Gates, to Musk, to whoever that you find on the internet. And then if you're a paying member, what do I get?
1: You get get that email. You also get two sections of recommendations of audio and video, so that those include podcasts, speeches, interviews, TED Talks, and documentaries. And then you also get the profile dossier, and you also are added to a Telegram group uh, of other profile readers where uh, we talk about all sorts of stuff and debate all sorts of ideas. And it's my favorite place on the internet. Um, and then in the future, I'll also have member-only events as well.
0: Got it, okay. How much does it cost?
1: It costs $10 a month or $50 a year. It's a great investment.
0: Yeah, why wouldn't people just buy 50? No brainer, okay, all right, moving on. So uh, just saying, we're gonna take, uh, we took a bunch of questions from the audience. Some of them are hilarious. So we're gonna get to that in a second. But uh, I wanna ask you about two things. One is, What's going to happen in media? And then, second, she doesn't even know I'm going to ask her about this. We just watched Tiger King. We're definitely going to talk about it.
1: Oh, I have so many thoughts.
0: <laughs> All right. So, what's the state of media today, and where do you think? This is? Yeah.
1: So, I think you and I talk about this a lot, but like the idea that you build an audience, and that audience is absolute key um, to building products or building new things um, in the future. But what I think My opinion is that people subscribe to people, subscribe to people, not large faceless organizations. So that means that's why, if you notice newsletters are having such a moment, um, why Twitter personalities are having such a moment. People want to know, like, it's just much easier for me to build a relationship with you as a person versus the whole organization. So in my opinion, it's like, if I have a favorite profile writer, at gq and i only go to gq to read her stories why on earth would i want to subscribe to all of gq and get all of their stories when i could just subscribe to her and pay her directly and know that she is making money and i'm supporting her that way i think that's all
0: right and speaking of media tiger king
1: how is that speaking of media?
0: well i mean he's a entertainment legend What is his name jo- Joe, Joe exotic, exotic, right? All right, so Joe Exotic. Let's start with him. What did you think? We watched the whole thing.
1: Oh, well, no, we have
0: Oh, we've one episode left. I don't Actually, we talk about it? Yeah, go. Just go.
1: So, here's my opinion. I I've, for some reason, I did a podcast yesterday and I talked about this as well. I don't know why. It's
0: cuz it's a hot topic. I I'm, I'm relevant. I'm cultural. I know what's <laughs> going on in the world. I'm just trying to, you know, freshen things up. Oh.
1: <laughs> so, Joe Exotic. <laughs> I think it's fascinating, especially if you like profiles and if you like people. He is like a case study all all on his own, but also the people around him. Like, it's amazing to me that him and Carol are such different people technically. Carol's
0: the woman that he tried to kill?
1: I I don't know. Carol Baskin? It's not for the spoilers. All right. Um, So Carol and him are very different. They have different worldviews, but they're actually the same person. And actually Carol's doing it even better than he is. Um, she's killing it on social media. But I think that basically they are running cults, masquerading as big cat sanctuaries
0: or zoos. Do we think that she killed her husband? Um. I mean, we don't have all the facts, but like they presented it pretty strongly. Like, ah, it seems like this guy disappeared and there's some foul play. I
1: don't know. You don't know? I don't know.
0: Look, I don't know for sure, but that was kind of sketchy.
1: I mean, yeah, but I just. Would that's you? A big, that's a big. <laughs> would you
0: cry if I disappeared? Oh my
1: God. I cry over anything.
0: All right. That's a so, yes. Yeah. That's a yes. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get to uh, some of the questions All from right. the audience. Long story short, on the Tiger King is absolute must watch TV. I mean, just incredible entertainment. Okay. All right. Here's the question What's the first one? Let me go uh best and worst moments of the quarantine life with your fiance this comes from charlie Bleeker. yeah like bleaker street all right and that's the name of a street right yeah all right bleaker street uh in new york city for he only knows
1: know. like like, like street.
0: yeah of course hey you know gotta gotta get some pizza we had Domino's last night don't judge um all right best and worst moments of quarantine life with your fiance you go first best best yeah
1: um It's kind of fun to like annoy you all the time. Not as fun as when he annoys me. Wait, can I say the worst though? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So the other day I'm in bed, I am asleep. It is seven in the morning. And suddenly I'm like woken up by him jump, like literally jumping like a rocket out of bed.
0: Can't say who it is.
1: Running out. Wait, what?
0: Can't say who it is.
1: Oh, okay. Running out. And it's on the phone.
0: On speakerphone. On
1: speakerphone, talking about like coronavirus theories. And
0: so here's the short story is I have this problem where I'm so used to always talking on speakerphone or with AirPods in. Like I forget that the phone works if you put it to your ear, which sounds ridiculous, but just whatever. And so I got woken up by somebody calling me and I jumped up out of bed and uh, ran in the other room and was talking to this person, but I had it on speakerphone and there was a text message (laughs) that was sent to me. But because I was on speakerphone and I was talking, I I didn't notice. And the text message was a fairly aggressive, is (laughs) a way to say.
1: All caps, turn them down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yes, the whole communication out loud, I've learned the, the headphone situation. I actually even have headphones here with cords So that when the AirPods die, I'm ready to go. (laughs) Uh, But that's good. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Best and worst moments of quarantine life with my fiance. Um, Well, so the best is, uh, I say all the time, Plina is absolutely my best friend. We have a blast Uh together. Uh, She did not pay me to say that either. She didn't have enough money to pay me to say that because I don't have enough money to pay her to say that about me either because we actually love each other. But (laughs) see, you guys, you guys see how I'm getting points right now? Uh, the worst moment uh was not to do with her, but uh we had to uh reschedule our wedding. so we were gonna get married oh, yeah. in the middle of April. Uh, and we had to push it out a couple of months um, to a to another date and uh it was the worst because um you have to coordinate with all of these vendors, all of these people, and we're having a very small wedding uh, with basically just our families and so not like a lot of logistical problems, but you really get to tell. Uh, somebody's, uh, who they really are when they're faced with these times of turmoil. And Plena <laughs> is very calm, uh, oh, cool, no. collected, etc. Very kind to people, uh, pretty much the opposite of me uh, a lot of times. No. Um, but there was one person, uh, an airline, United, uh, who would not give us a refund for flights for people from outside of the country coming here, even though that country has a ban on travel. So literally, it is against the government's law to have those people travel to the United States, and United would not give us a refund. And so Polina, in a very um, unexpected, uh, yet still polite, but very unexpected way, explained to them that they were going to give us a refund. And so uh, I think seeing you upset was a bad part of this, because then when you're upset, you know, everybody knows. You know, happy wife, happy life, unhappy. (laughs) We got to, you know, just be on pins and needles, walk on some glass a little. You know what I was
1: thinking about before this interview is that I feel like I don't think you've ever gotten mad at me for something.
0: Never. (laughs) I'm mad
1: at you. I'm chill.
0: Am I not chill? Do
1: you think that's because I'm just an angel and I do nothing
0: wrong? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's so far from the reason why it's not even close. I don't know. But I I don't get mad at you because, again, going back to the framework of evaluation, am I going to die? (laughs) The equivalent in a relationship is, is this a reason for her to leave or me to leave? No, I'm chill then, whatever. Knock yourself out. But if it ever was something like that, then I probably wouldn't be so chill.
1: Except I will say, I have witnessed him. uh, I've never played, I don't think I've ever played like a game with you one-on-one. So we played chess and you were... Terrible. Like you get mad, you get upset.
0: Because I'm competitive, and I was smoking here. Listen to this nonsense. I was up five nothing. (laughs) I won five games in a row. Five. Like when I was a kid, if you beat somebody badly enough at a game, they have to go home. Like they're they're done. Like playing Madden, you're up twenty one. They got to go home. But I'm home. But when yeah, but so (laughs) I was up five nothing. Like if you lose five games of chess in a row, you should be banned, retired forever from chess.
1: But I came back.
0: And then all of a sudden she started cheating. Like she would do things like, oh, uh, the dominoes is here. Go get the dominoes. And so I'd have to go get the dominoes. And then when I would come back, she was like analyzing the board for like 25 minutes. And I'm like, of course you are better prepared to play this game than me. No. Okay. So the second question here comes from Stephen, Stephen Stephen, Olman on Twitter. And he says, uh. How do you approach conversations when you disagree about something and both feel you have supporting data slash information? Go ahead.
1: Oh, well, it's really hard to, like, argue with someone. (laughs) who's very, like, convincing in a way that's, like, you're annoying.
0: (laughs) I'm a great debater, and I'm also chill, which is a deadly combination. That's
1: that's what it is. You debate, and you don't get heated. When I debate, I lose my shit. <laughs> so
0: who looks like the angel now in this relationship?
1: <laughs> no, but it's also like Pop. I don't know if that's. I feel that way. So anyways, so when I feel strongly about something,
0: pray for me, pray for me guys.
1: I, I think and I think most of our arguments have been over really stupid things where you won't agree with me. Yeah. And like I, I like I cannot exist in a world where... We can have different opinions and you won't see my side. Or like you won't
0: no what 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 frustrates Blina is I'm actually I I believe, right? I think I'm self-aware enough of this. I'm actually very good at saying, I see your side, but I disagree.
1: Right. And I hate
0: and Plina that like doesn't comprehend in her head. Like like there's no computation that ends in that result. It's either if you see my side, then you agree with me, right. or you don't see my side. <laughs> the The mixture of those two things are very hard for her to comprehend. And so, uh, you know, me being a kind person, I just allow it to go and uh, keep going. So let's move on <laughs> to the third question. Comes from Kevin Kelly from Delphi Digital. Great, great guys over there. And he says, in all honesty, reaching down into your core. Do you think he, oh, he's talking about me. Mm -hmm. Do do you think me, uh, do you think he'd rather give up McDonald's or Bitcoin? Jesus Christ. All right. What do you think?
1: You would definitely give up Bitcoin before you gave up McDonald's for life.
0: That is the boldest claim I've ever heard.
1: I mean, not a French fry ever again. Like watching me eat them.
0: The fries are pretty good. But I, you know what I like better at McDonald's than the fries? People are going to get real mad. What do you
1: like? The
0: McFlurries, like they're uh, they're amazing. Like if it. they sold if they sold frozen McFlurries at like the gas stations and the Dwayne Reed and CVS's and grocery stores, et cetera, I would get one every day.
1: So what's the verdict?
0: I'd give up McDonald's for sure.
1: You'd give up McDonald's? Yeah. For Bitcoin? Yeah oh
0: it's because like one like one's fleeting the other's going to be here forever <laughs> just saying is this,
1: an ad? this, <laughs> this is is, not an ad it's
0: not an ad it's just the truth go ahead
1: uh, this is i think this one's for me uh
0: master btc ltc but by, by the way we love the uh the, the twitter uh avatars the gifts, and uh and the usernames that people wrote in with but go ahead
1: do you actually understand Bitcoin? How annoyed do you get with Pomp being on Twitter? And do you and Pomp send each other memes when you want to do something? Um, I, I, so I understand the premise of Bitcoin. And I know a little just from like hearing you talk about it nonstop. Um, but I cannot say that I could have like a legitimate, like long conversation. About
0: okay, so let's it. test your knowledge. Okay. How many Bitcoin are there?
1: Right now or ever? Ever twenty million. Wrong. Oh shit. <laughs> There's not twenty million.
0: You're close. <laughs> twenty
1: two million. Twenty one. Twenty one million.
0: Twenty one million. Basically got it right. Uh, and then, if you had to describe Bitcoin in one sentence, what would that one sentence be?
1: It is a it is an asymmetric, non <laughs> correlated asset. <laughs> um wait what else did you say that's it just say that <laughs> perfect
0: you're a legend oh. an asymmetric non-correlated acid that's a fact okay what's the next one uh how annoyed do you get with pomp being on twitter
1: i think that's the biggest thing
0: yeah probably like
1: like so like today i walked out and <laughs> i thought he was looking out the window like enjoying life like looking out And I just see, like, he's, like, on Twitter, scrolling.
0: I was answering. I I was answering somebody. I don't know. It's just. Polina. If you guys
1: have any tips on, like, work-life balance with somebody who uh, does their business on Twitter, let me know.
0: Polina has convinced me to put my phone down more than I previously did.
1: Yeah, like, we take walks and you don't. It's true. Because I
0: got an Apple Watch, though, in case anything happens all right go ahead what's the next uh do you, do we send memes to each other i'm listen i'm a meme god when it comes to sending memes but i, I lately uh what is it a meme yeah on instagram yeah the meme accounts i uh I, D, I use the dm thing where you take and you dm it and i just send it to her with no context and then she'll just be like why the fuck oh. did you just send me these guys <laughs> sitting in a living room on the couch watching gorillas fight on youtube and i'm like that's what they're betting on now that sports are over or then, stuff like that.
1: And then sometimes, what is that? Go
0: ahead, just go. And
1: then sometimes. The camera's on. <laughs> and then sometimes he'll um, send me something on, he'll DM me something on Twitter and it's like 17 charts with like 18 lines. And I'm like, what is this? And he was like, oh, sorry, I just, um, I just sent it to you so I could like. Use it as a bookmarking tool for myself. So
0: yeah, I saved it for myself. So, like, what else? I'm genuinely
1: I do? trying to understand what's going on and what he wants to say.
0: That's and then I'm like, oh, no, I just send it to you so that I can go back later and get it. I'd love to,
1: <laughs> I'd love to hear a summary of common themes you've noticed when researching successful individuals and companies. Bonus, what's one useful thing you've learned from each other? From- All
0: right. What's, from what's the summary of common themes you've noticed when researching successful individuals and companies?
1: So the one thing I've learned is that um, there's this there was this really great profile I read on a guy who is works as a uh, at a bodega and he makes sandwiches and he's from Egypt. So um,
0: Egypt stand up. Go ahead. I just felt like we're in a music video.
1: <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> so, but he's actually um, he's really really he has like a studio that he's made in the bathroom of the bodega. And he's actually like a political pundit in Egypt uh, talking about America and like, you know, different political things going on here and how it affects Egypt. So every day at like a certain time, he'll go into the bathroom and then, you know, like he has a camera set up. There's, there's a map I think behind him. And he does that. He does both. And my, my thing is, I, I love that you can be more than one thing in life. Like you are never just X or just Y. You can be a political pundit and, you know, uh, a bodega owner, whatever you, may, whatever you may be doing in life. But I think for me, that's really important because I tend to find something and wrap my entire identity around it. And I think that thinking in that way is really helpful.
0: What's, what's one useful thing you've learned from me? And then I'll tell people what I learned from you.
1: Um, so I'm a pretty, like, moody person. <laughs> so, like, it takes, like, one thing to ruin my mood. And I'm like, oh, like, the entire day is ruined. And I think what I've learned from you is that, like, you know, you're always just, like, having fun. And not, you You don't let the little small minutiae ruin your whole day.
0: Yeah, people can't shake me. It's fine.
1: <laughs> That's not, yeah.
0: The one thing I've learned from Polina is to sleep. Before I met her, I was a savage. I would uh, I literally sleep like four hours a day. I was just you ever heard the saying uh, anything worth doing in life is worth overdoing. That's basically what was my motto in life. And then I met Polina. Uh, and she was like, let me teach you about uh, drinking more water. Let me drink, uh, teach you about sleeping a little bit, uh, etc. And uh, at first I how resisted. How do you feel now? Ah, uh, Amazing. Everyone should sleep eight hours, sleep nine if you can. It's amazing. Uh, drink water. A lot of water is good for you. I didn't know that. Uh, I used to think it was soft to drink water. Um, but uh, yeah, so I learned how to drink water and go to sleep. Yeah. All right. Master Higgins, last one. This is the last one? Yeah. All right. Uh, between the two of you, who owns more crypto at the moment? Jesus Christ. Go ahead. Tell them our rule.
1: Okay. So I don't own any crypto. One time I tried, but like it didn't let me. Because I don't think I was in the right state.
0: Okay. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> not mental state, like actual state of America. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. So, no, I, I do not own any crypto. He says that you take all the risk and I...
0: Basically, Polina has got to make sure that uh, if I ever blow myself up... Uh, that uh i don't blow both of us up at the same time so our rule is that you don't
1: pull an exotic joe
0: yeah joe <laughs> exotic we don't need we don't need a joe exotic pulling in uh was it the guy jeff lowe oh, jeff yeah. lowe scooting in with a. but by the way if <laughs> if what are we, talking we don't get haircuts if like america can't get haircuts i want to know are we going bandanas mullets or both
1: you were doing neither of
0: them nah Just so you guys know, if I'm not out of here by the end of April, I will have a mullet. That's all I'm saying. By the end of April, by the end of April, if we are not out of quarantine, I'm going to get Polina to look at YouTube, to look at, uh, what do they call them? uh, Tutorials. Tutorials Tutorials on YouTube. And she's going to cut my hair into a mullet. No. Fact. Watch. (sighs) So. All right. Any parting words? Oh, wait. I have questions for you. What's your favorite book?
1: My favorite book? Yeah,
0: your favorite book. I don't read. So.
1: Well, can I say one that I really liked? Really? Sure. You say
0: whatever you want. Okay. It's basically your show at this point. So
1: I really, so I really liked, um, A House in the Sky. It's about, uh, this, it's a true story. It's a memoir. It's about a Canadian journalist who went to Somalia and got kidnapped and held hostage for about a year. It's pretty intense, but. I mean, it's the most amazing thing I've ever read. It's really well written. Um, She's a really great storyteller. And the things that happened in her life, like really put everything into perspective.
0: Can I ask a question? uh, Because I'm genuinely curious. What is the fascination that millennial girls have with murder mystery?
1: So I'm not one of those.
0: I'm not saying you are, but like, it just reminded, like, that's not a Um, book that most people would recommend. Oh, but- at the same time like i wouldn't think that people would listen to like podcasts going over like murders but they're incredibly popular and then there's like serial and like these like crime drama yeah. like stuff I what, like what see what, what is that fascination
1: i think it's like the mystery and the kind of like thrill of it you know you're on the subway you're listening you're like did they catch him did they not I don't know. It's like a, it's like an adrenaline thing. Like, why do you do the crazy stuff you do?
0: Well, I don't do anything crazy. <laughs> just it's just crazy to other people because because they're dumb. Uh, um, all right, last question. And then you get asked me one question. Uh, the people want to know: Do you believe in aliens? Oh,
1: I I do. Why? Why do I? We've really- never
0: actually even talked about this.
1: <laughs> We've talked about their pet. Yeah. Um. So. I definitely think, like, humans are so ridiculously selfish and our egos are so big that to concede that there's, like, even the smallest possibility that there are aliens out there, like, other forms of intelligence. Um, Wait, do you remember the other day when I asked you... When I asked you if you thought that, like, coronavirus could actually be, like, an alien species? Remember?
0: Well, I don't think it's a species, (laughs) but, yeah, it could... It's, like,
1: an alien you know,
0: infiltrator. Yeah. I don't think it's an alien, but But,
1: okay. It could have come
0: from somewhere else. Sure.
1: No, that's not. Um, (laughs) but anyway, yes, I definitely think that there's other
0: form. Would you go to space? Uh, no. Why? I like earth. What if I went, would you come with me? (laughs) No.
1: Uh,
0: so when, so when we go on, uh, when we go on vacation or like, Polina knows that me and her are going to be around my brothers. Polina will usually say to me before we go, you're not going to make me do anything crazy with you guys, right? I know. (laughs) But like going to spaces, I guess it is. Maybe. It depends on how safe. All right. Well, one question do you have for me to uh, do this? This recording, by the way, has been in the making for a very long time. Uh, Polina has been offended that we haven't recorded this sooner.
1: Well... No, I was
0: just waiting for the right time, and so guess when we're going to release it on April Fool's Day. <laughs> okay, ask me your question. Yeah. <laughs> I got things to do today.
1: Um, wait, what was I going to ask?
0: I what question oh, do you have? No, for
1: me? I, um, <clears throat> what is okay? What is the biggest like specific thing that you learned being in Iraq that you brought back with you to the U.S.?
0: Everyone's going to die. Really? Yeah.
1: But like, what about that? Like,
0: one of the biggest takeaways I had from War is the idea of like humanizing death in some weird way, and maybe that's not the right way to describe it. But what I mean by humanizing death is uh, the concept of death is not um, something that people experience on a very frequent basis, and so when They experience it, especially when it is with somebody that they know or in a situation that they can relate to, etc. I think that there's a big impact. Like here's a here's a very watered down example, but an example when Kobe Bryant died, Mm -hmm. the collective experience that everyone had of like I've watched this guy, I felt like I saw him grow up, I watched him play basketball, like I knew everything about his life, he's my age, right? right? Like all of these things, like oh, he had a family like I did, like whatever. He crashed and like it was all taken away from him unexpectedly. Like that could be me. Yeah. All of a sudden, I think people are like, whoa. And they reassess certain parts of their life and kind of how they focus on things, whatever. Uh that is a very extended version of that experience. The closer it is to you, um, I think that you see people uh just like it sticks with them for longer. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I remember coming back and like it wasn't so much that I was like different in the way that I looked at life as much as it was. um, I just knew going back to the whole, like, are you going to die or not? Oh, you're not going to die. Like there's basically no risk, right? Because you change the way that you think about risk. When you realize you can always reinvent yourself, you can always uh, try something, fail and like, and, you know, survive. You can always um, take a lot of risk and be fine, whether it goes well or not. Like all of a sudden you start to change the way you look at risk reward frameworks. Uh, And so I would say easily, like that was the one thing where you're just like, Oh shit. Like, yeah. Like if this is a video game, we all die. Right. right? Like there's no escaping a lot. And so if that's the case, then like, you don't know when that's going to happen. So like, just go live your fucking life, like have a blast. Right. And so like, that's why I'm probably so like carefree and have so much fun is like, I have more fun than anybody in the world.
1: It's actually
0: true. H- hands down. Like, I promise you, literally, there's times where Polina will be like, uh, she'll walk into the living room. and She'll be like, what are you doing? And I'll just be like having a blast by myself. <laughs> and she's just like, you're fucking weird. But like, I'm happy that you're happy. And it's just like, I literally could be by myself. I could be with a bunch of friends. I could be with complete strangers. I could be with you. I could be with a dog. Like, whatever. I'm gonna have a blast. <laughs> it's
1: good. That's that's.
0: Is that fair? All right. Go subscribe, read the profile, support Polina. Please don't tweet anything bad that I said at me. Uh, she is very lovely. Uh, My
1: Twitter is a very kind.
0: Oh, yeah. Hold on. All right. So the last thing I'll leave you guys with is anyone who's listening to this probably is uh, has a similar Twitter experience to me in that, uh, you know, there's a lot of trolls and kind of combativeness, uh, whether it's in technology, finance, crypto, business, whatever. Um, there's just kind of a lot of, uh, I I was taught, I can't say that the the D word measurement, like everyone's, you know, uh, dick measuring, whatever it is fine, but she doesn't like when I say that. Uh, but like that, a lot of that stuff goes on and, uh, people are always like trying to one up each other and be combative. And one day, Polina handed me her phone, uh, on Twitter. And I was like, this is the nicest place in the world. These people are so kind to each other. Like what, where, what Twitter are you on? Cause I, I got the other version.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like one time uh, he was driving, like, I don't know, hoping you tweet. And I kept refreshing the feed and it was like, I mean, there were a lot of notifications, but like 90% of them were like, you know, hope you have an awful day or something like meaner than that. <laughs> that would be,
0: a, that would be a nice comment. <laughs> my favorite is uh, I have a group chat with uh, with my brothers uh, and then I got a couple of friends and there's times where I've literally like woken up, see a notification, I'll screenshot it and I'll send it to them. And it'll be like a random Tuesday and somebody tweeted be like, fuck you, Pop. And I'm like, have a great day, guys.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, on my Twitter, it's like, how can we best? Support <laughs> and I like it that way. Please, please
0: let it stay. <laughs> All right, guys, this is a blast. Maybe we'll do this a little bit more often. Uh, go subscribe, read readtheprofile.com. Go follow Polina on Twitter. Hopefully she'll become as addicted as I will. She'll leave me alone a little bit more. Let me have some fun and we will talk to you guys soon. Hey, everyone. Pop here.